here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Samoa Joe, this is the first time we've seen you shed blood here in TNA, and it's at the hands of your opponent this Sunday, Jeff Jarrett. Jeff, this was about the fans' vengeance. For everything you've done. But tonight, Jeff, unfortunately for you... You made it about my vengeance. Jeff, for every drop of blood you spill, I will spill a bucket of yours. Do you understand, Jeff? Do you understand what you have leashed? Jeff, for all the pain you've caused me tonight, I return it tenfold. You think this is a game now? You think you got the fans to worry about? Jeff, you worry about me. There will be no quarter given. There will be no remorse. Only my vengeance. Joe is going to kill you. Joe is going to kill you. Jeff, come no surrender. I have bled. But when I face you, Jeff, do you understand? You will die. You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling, all part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. I'm the Barbarian, Andrew Rich, and joining me on this muscular mystery tour is my good friend and partner, the returning Scorelord, Chris Maffei, and together, we are your hosts, the Power Courts of Pain. This is a moment! This is a moment, ladies and gentlemen! Feel it! Experience it! Chris, welcome back to the podcast. Why, thank you! Thank you! It's, uh, it's good to be back. It's been... It's been... It's been... It's, it's been a while. It's been a while! Thank you so much, Andrew, for keeping the show going and taking on all the work and booking the guests and taking care of all that and doing an excellent job with the editing. No one even noticed a difference. Uh, li- uh, the, the only thing they noticed is a lack of Doug references. So <laughs> hopefully I'll get back to that. Yeah, listen, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, I wouldn't call it a pleasure to do all that editing, <laughs> but I can say that I have a much greater appreciation for what you do for the podcast uh, all the work you do behind the scenes to edit and produce it. I, I am so much more grateful for what you do. I will say, though, that, you know, I did have a lot of fun idea-wise, you know, coming up with, you know, ideas for production work. Like, for example, the Jeff Jarrett episode alone. <laughs> Every time I put one of those... 
it put a big smile on my face. So I got to do that. So that was nice. But you loved spamming those I, I, chosen one. I can't. You were help just it. having a ball. You were having a ball. Because listen, I wouldn't have done that. So <laughs> it's a good thing Andrew edited that episode. And and on the subject, I also want to thank our guest co-hosts for the past few episodes: Chris Novembrino, Garrett Kidney, and JoJo Remy. All did a great job. I really enjoyed all of the episodes. And I honestly don't even know what I would have contributed had I been on. They were great and you guys did a great job. And it was actually really cool just to be able to listen to the episodes and not be a part of it and not have to, you know, edit it and and all that stuff. So uh, this this is a good podcast we have here. Yeah, I want to say thank you to them as well. Uh, All those guys, they were so great. Such nice guys to help out. Not only, you know, so knowledgeable about their areas of expertise, but they're just good guys. And I just want to say thanks to them again. For, for being there when we needed them to be there, and for putting up with my awful jokes. <laughs> well, today, Chris, you are back, episode 16, and we are doing a theme history about the Samoan submission machine, Samoa Joe. Joe, of course, known for his time in Ring of Honor, TNA, NXT, and now the main WWE roster. He's won belts all over the world. When I think of Samoa Joe... One word comes to mind, believable. I look at the total package of Samoa Joe, his look, his promos, the way he carries himself, his music. I believe in who he is. I believe that he is this utter badass. I believe that he's an absolute killer in the ring. I believe that he has total confidence in his abilities. And believability is something that can hurt a wrestler. If the look isn't right, or the gimmick doesn't fit, or if the promos aren't connecting. But with Joe, for the majority of his career, he's never had that problem. And it it helps, too, that he carries that believability into his matches. You know, the first time I ever saw Joe was in TNA, summer 2005, when he was part of the X Division. And back then, the X Division was AJ Styles, Chris Sabin, Sanjay Dutt, Daniels, Sharkboy, Matt Bentley, etc., smaller, leaner guys who are known for doing, you know, flip-de-doos every now and again. And all of a sudden, here comes Samoa Joe, who does not look or wrestle like a stereotypical X-Division or junior heavyweight wrestler. He's bigger. He's stronger. He's got the meanest look on his face. And everyone that gets in his way, he just demolishes them in the ring. He made me buy into him completely, to the idea that he was a dangerous man. And if you're in the ring with him, he's going to roll right over you with the muscle buster or the the coquina clutch. And all these years later, I still believe it. What about you, Chris? Your, Your thoughts on Joe? Oh, I completely agree with all of that. And the only thing that I'll add is that he also just seems like a really good person outside of the ring. He seems very chill he has a cool vibe about him. You know, he has he has cool taste in music, very eclectic guy. He seems like a very wise and a very knowledgeable guy. And he seems like he's really like someone that you'd like to hang out with and someone who is he just seems like a good guy. And that's one of the things that I've always really liked about Joe, you know, regardless of in-ring or whatever. And he's always been one of my favorite in-ring guys. And he's always been someone that I've been able to, like you say, buy into and, and get into and get invested in and, and believe in a way that a lot of wrestlers, you, you don't necessarily have that. But 
he's always been a guy that's like that. But beyond that, I've also just been like, he just seems like a really cool guy. And I'd like to pick his brain about wrestling and music and various other things. So uh, I've always been a big Samoa Joe fan going back to when I first got into TNA and then when I was simultaneously being shown ROH DVDs from a, a friend in high school, I loved him immediately. He was he was one of the things that got me into TNA back in the day. So always been a big Samoa Joe fan. Yeah, TNA was my you know gateway into Joe for sure. Like like I said, the Ring of Honor stuff I did not see you know firsthand. I had to go back and rewatch it. But like you said, man, that stuff was him in that. In those arenas, in those matches, when he was on top for that long, he just seemed like untouchable. He was the coolest guy walking to the ring. And, you know, part of that was the music. And that's true for his Ring of Honor days. That's true for his TNA days, for, for the most part. And yeah, that's true today as well for NXT and WWE. So Joe is just, there's so much coolness about him that regardless, like you said, of the in-ring work, just his presence alone, there's just a cool factor to him and an aura around him. And part of that is, of course, the music. He is someone who, like a Chris Hero, is very much in tune with music and has a certain vision for his entrances and the type of music that he wants to use and what he thinks would be effective as an entrance song. It's interesting to hear him talk about it anytime you hear him on a podcast talking about music or entrance music. He has a great insight into what works and why it works, which is why I think he's had such a good track record, at least when it comes to him picking his own music. I mean, there are there are a couple of... We'll, uh, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yes, we, we, we will. Yes, we will. So yeah, Joe's themes, for the most part, they st- tend to go one of two ways, either in the more of the hip-hop direction or maybe more of, I guess, uh, I guess you call it like more like the tribal aspect as well. They tend to skew one or the other for the most part. So let's get to Joe's themes. Before we really delve into them, though, let's take a few minutes to talk about a piece of music that has been a massive part of Samoa Joe's career for years in some form or fashion. And it goes a little something like this. That is the Godzilla March by Akira Ifukube, used in many of the classic Godzilla films. Uh, it was famously sampled, of course, by Pharaoh Manch in his song Simon Says. Joe used it in his classic Ring of Honor days as the intro for his entrance music there. Uh, I talked about this on the Hip Hop Themes episode with Rich, about how Homicide's theme having the Ironside intro attached to the opening of his theme, The Truth. It can serve multiple purposes. Same with the Godzilla March here. It can do many things. It can help the newer ROH fan identify Samoa Joe and create a link between the wrestler and the theme. It also elevates Samoa Joe's themes from being just another set of hip-hop themes and makes him stand out more. And it just fits Samoa Joe so well. And it gets the point across of who he is. Just this badass monster who's going to show up and wreck some shit like Godzilla. So it's a very important piece of music for Samoa Joe and his presence and his career at large. 
I love that Joe used that intro across all of his indie themes because even though he changed up the music a few times, the intro, it still elicits the same reaction as soon as it hits. And you see a similar thing maybe with like a homicide where you have a, a great intro pulled from, you know, some obscure movie or something like that, that it just fits in, it works. It hits right before the theme comes on, and even you can change your theme every time, and it wouldn't matter because people still know what to expect because they hear that intro and they automatically make that association. Now, Simon Says by Pharrell Monch is a song that I'm very familiar with. Pharrell Monch, a rapper that I was very big into years ago, a great MC, and his song Simon Says, which I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with, samples the Godzilla March theme in, in the intro, and that's kind of where Joe picked that from. And that's across all of his indie themes, and then it would be emulated later mm -hmm. in his later themes in TNA and WWE. Yeah, it, sh it shows how iconic this piece of music is, and how important it is that Joe has kept it throughout his career. ROH, TNA, WWE, not necessarily the same sample or even the same melody sometimes. He's had plenty of sound-alikes and rip-offs of it used, but even when it's not the original, that doesn't matter because when you hear it, you still know exactly what the music is and what it reminds you of. It's just as connected to Joe's legacy as the Muscle Buster or Joe's Gonna Kill You. It's, it's that important to him. As soon as I think of Samoa Joe, I think of the intro to Simon Says, it's synonymous. It's kind of weird when he doesn't have it. Again, we'll get to it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll get to all those eventually. But uh, let's begin with our first theme here, which does have the intro. Our first theme is Joe's first Ring of Honor theme. It's a collaboration between Faith No More and Booyah Tribe. You can find it on the Judgment Night soundtrack. This is called Another Body Murdered. So this is a collaboration, like I said, between Faith No More and Booyah Tribe. I consider myself a casual Faith No More fan. I know a decent amount of songs, uh, Epic, Midlife Crisis, Falling to Pieces, From Out of Nowhere, We Care A Lot, A Small Victory, etc., etc. Booyah Tribe is a name that I do not recognize. I had, I had to look them up. It's not my world. And they're a hip-hop rap metal group of Samoan descent from California. Uh, Chris, I imagine you know who Booyah Tribe is? I'm not familiar with the Booyah Tribe at all. Okay. Outside of now this song. I will say that they do have a similar vibe to M.O.P., even down to dabbling in rap metal themselves, M.O.P., Faith No More, also a band that I've always heard about. I've just heard about them to no end, but really never got too deep into them for whatever reason. Not that I don't like them. I, I've really liked everything I've heard, but just never really delved deep into them. So I think we're kind of on a similar wavelength in terms of that. 
This immediately strikes me as being like a second-rate Bring the Noise, but that also might have a lot to do with the vocals having a very similar delivery and kind of a, a tonality to Chuck D from Public Enemy. Yeah, this is 1993. This is 93, so it's around the same time that rap metal was really finding itself more and more as a genre. I thought of Bring the Noise as well, the uh, Anthrax and Public Enemy version that they did of the remake of a few years earlier. Uh, also, around this time, Body Count put out their first album. Oh, yes. Ice-T. Yeah, Ice-T, of course. <laughs> Cop Killer, all that, all that stuff. So this is very much, this song is very much part of that early rap metal scene. You've got Booyah Tribe doing the rap vocals, of course, and you've got Faith No More backing them up with the metal part. Now, Mike Patton, who is the lead singer of Faith No More, he's the one who's doing the... He's that. He's also the screaming in between the verses. He That's that's him, which is what Mike Patton does quite well. He's a good singer, don't get me wrong, but he's a tremendous screamer and a tremendous grunter. He Did you ever see I Am Legend? I did, yes. He does the voice for the creatures in that movie. Really? He, he, does, the, he does the screaming voices, yep. Wow. He also he also did voices for the zombies in Left 4 Dead. I've never seen that. It's a, it's a video game video game series. Oh, okay. About, about zombies. Well, yeah. I, I've never played that. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does some of the voices for the zombies in that. So Mike Patton definitely, well, he's not singing. He's definitely using his vocal talents to his you know, full abilities, which he's, he's quite good at. Yeah, I like that chorus a lot, That the little kind of... It almost feels like an unfinished demo in some respects. It's, it's so simple, but I like the melody a lot, and I like the tonality. Rap metal is usually pretty underwhelming, if not downright bad. And I, I think this is okay, but I wouldn't say that the combination of the genres really creates anything special for this particular song. I, I don't. It just kind of feels like a verse stuck over some metal. Mm. That's really just kind of what it what it feels like. Rap metal isn't really my thing. Kind of like with hip-hop and rap in general, it's not really my thing. I don't get much out of it. Lyric-wise, it's just your typical gangster stuff about, you know, being hard and killing guys. It, it's a dime a dozen, really. Yeah. It doesn't really stand out to me as anything profound or, or original, really, to be honest with you. And it's something that in this day and age, I really just don't even want to hear. Yeah, it, it's what you expect from a song called Another Body Murdered. But really, it's, it's nothing new. Nothing really interests me, like I said. But, but, I will say, I can see Joe coming out to this easily. Yes, absolutely. Because it's he, it's his type of music. He loves hip-hop and rap and that kind of stuff. Like Booyah Tribe, he is a Samoan from California. That, that kind of connection right there. And he's like that type of aggressive wrestler where a song like this would work for him. I think this is a pretty decent indie theme. And it does evoke a vibe of danger, and that works for Joe. Now, fun fact here. the Now, I know you're all wondering what the Booyah in Booyah Tribe signifies. I mean, we have you covered here. This is, this is what we're here for. The Booyah signifies the sound of a shotgun being discharged. Now, I'm sure you're also wondering, well, that's, well, that's great, Chris, but what does the tribe stand for? Because this is an acronym. The tribe stands for Too Rough International Booyah Empire. So so this group, the Booyah Tribe, but in long form, they are the Booyah Too Rough International Booyah Empire. I can see why they shortened it. 
Oh. You know, I, I, you got to think that they just had, they just, you know, they had too rough international booyah empire. And then they just conveniently realized that it could just spell out tribe. I mean, there's, that's the only way that this would, if this not, they're, you're not, they're not just cramming words into an acronym for nothing here. This is, no, this no, is the no, booyah no. tribe. This is, you know, according to hip hop documentarians, they're synonymous with hip hop in Los Angeles. So, uh. So yeah, the Booyah Tribe. All right, next up is the theme that Joe is uh, probably most well-known for during his classic Ring of Honor days. He had it during his reign as ROH World Champion. It's by Jadakiss, and it's called The Champ Is Here. Nice like B.I.G. is. Nice. I'm the greatest of all times. I'm going to say it just like Ali did. Say. The champ is here. Oh, shit. The champ is here. The champ is here. The evil genius. The champ is here. Come on. Come on. Samoa Joe's legendary ROH world title reign, 645 days, still the longest reign in company history. Nigel McGuinness came the closest with 545 days, but even then, that's still 100 days short, which in this day and age is quite a long time to be a champion in America. I know there are some lucha records that are like over a thousand days as a, as a champion, but as far as modern U.S. title reigns are concerned, this is up there. This this is a big one, and I really don't think, Chris, we have to explain to people why this theme works, right? It's pretty obvious. It's very obvious. I mean, this plays right into Joe's whole Muhammad Ali boxing combat sports vibe that he had going on. And it's a natural fit for him. And it's a great theme. It's a great theme for anyone, but especially for him. And this was a really big song back in the day. And it's a song I know very well. I used to listen to a lot of Jadakiss back when I was really big into hip hop. I think for a section of wrestling fans, this might be Joe's signature theme or his best theme. And I would tend to agree because especially when you have, you know, such a a great dominant long title reign going on Mm -hmm. and you can have a theme that just puts that right front and center and fits it. it. It even fits in down to the instrumentation. It fits Joe. Yeah, it's got that swagger to it. You know, you know, that Samoa Joe swagger that he has when he's all confident, just walks to the ring. It's in the song right there in the beat. And like you said, Joe, a dominant champion. This song is all about being a dominant champion and rising to the top, right down to the sample. The sample is Will Smith in the movie Ali saying, The champ is here. Woohoo! Ha ha! Oh! The champ is Wicked, wicked, wild, wild west. <laughs> We're going straight uh. to the wild, wild west. Come to okay, MIBs. We can't, we, we can't get distracted here. We, well, I, this is the only opportunity that we have to go on a Will Smith tangent, really. <laughs> But yeah, I'm convinced. I'm convinced that if you put all the songs from Big Willie style together in like a seamless transition, they all sound like the same song. 
Like you can go to Miami, then you could go to the wild, wild west and get jiggy with it with <laughs> the men in black. Like it all works. It's all seamless. It's all the same thing. Yeah. There's a conspiracy going on with that Will Smith guy. I, you know, I got a <laughs> big Willie style. S- seriously, though, the whole idea of it being Ali and him being, I'm the greatest of all time. Joe, during this time in Ring of Honor, he was the greatest and no one could touch him. No one could beat him. It was, Jesus, like 21 months, about 22. He had from March 03 to December 04 when Aries beat him for the belt. That is a long fucking time. And for him to come out to this theme over and over again, the champ is here, the champ is here. That just instills in people this idea that Samoa Joe is the champion. He is the dominant force in Ring of Honor. No one can touch him. Now, the first verse of this song is also featured on a song called Time's Up, which was on Jada Kiss's 2004 album called Kiss of Death, which is an album that I had back in the day. And I kind of prefer the verse on Time's Up. I think I, I think just because I like the beat on Time's Up a little bit better than this. Now, while this, I mean, this is different. It's not your your standard hip-hop beat. It's built mainly around a hand drum sample. That's kind of the hook of the whole song. That dun 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 dun, and and the rest of it is it's it's pretty simple and and pretty sparse. You have a, a simple kick and snare pattern, a sub bass, and a little synth that comes in with some chimes, and it's all kind of sparse and 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 really just kind of lays back, and it's all about that those hand drums. Production wise, pretty minimalistic, but people fucking loved this song and this beat. I mean, I was in high school at the time when this came out. And this song was was everything. It was everywhere. So for Joe to be using it, it was very relevant at the time. It was very much in you know it was it was it was one of the hot mixtapes of the time. I mean, so popular in fact that John Cena would even go and and start using this term. Obviously, yes, Muhammad Ali. The, yes, of course, the greatest. Yeah, but it coming back into you know kind of the consciousness of wrestlers and things like that. Joe, this is where it started. And the beat you mentioned. It's a Ring of Honor. What do people in Ring of Honor love to do? They love to slap those oh, fucking slap metal... Slap those guardrails, baby. Slap those guardrails. Nothing better than a simple beat that you can slap along to. Bump, 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 bump. The champ is here. Bump, 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 bump. Simple. Get the crowd invested. Get people pumped up. It, it works so well. Yes. Thumbs up. I mean, you really... When you're picking an outside commercial song, this is probably as as good as you can get right down to feeling signature to the wrestler who's using it. So, two thumbs up. I don't know much about Jadakiss. This is the only song I know that he does. But, hey, listen, this song is forever burned into Ring of Honor history as one of their most iconic themes ever. So, listen, Jadakiss, I don't know you, buddy, but good on you. He's one of the good ones. Okay. He has a funny laugh that he does. <laughs> he does that in all of his songs. All right. Well, after losing the ROH title, Joe started using a different theme because, well, he wasn't the champ anymore. Makes sense. Off the album, Mama Said Knock You Out. This is LL Cool J with the title track, Mama Said Knock You Out. <laughs> Come on, man. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. I'm rocking my pants. Foot soles and fear. Making the tears rain down like a monsoon. Listen to the bass go 
I love, love the logic of Samoa Joe stopping using the Champus here when he wasn't Ring of Honor Champion. I love that a lot. It's like when AJ Styles was WWE Champion on SmackDown and he went by the champ that runs the camp. And then when he lost the belt, he stopped using it because he wasn't the champion anymore, naturally. So I like that Joe was conscious enough to say, you know what, I'm not the Ring of Honor World Champion anymore. I, I can't really use a song. I'll go with a different one. So I like I like that a lot. Yeah, uh, it would be just a little bit awkward if Joe didn't stop using the champ is here yeah. after losing the title. Now, I'm going to say this. And I don't know how you feel about this this song in particular, but I think that this is the hip-hop equivalent of Eye of the Tiger in that, I mean, lyrically and thematically, it works well as a wrestling theme. However, I hate this song as a wrestling theme because I will never associate it with any one particular wrestler because it has been absolutely done to death. It's been used for everything for so long that it's just a cliche at this point. Now, I've never been an LL Cool J fan, and I've never gone out of my way to listen to his music. And yet, somehow, this song has just accosted me many times <laughs> throughout my life, in many forms of media, and I'm, I'm so sick of it. I'm done with this song. I think we can all move on from this song now. We, I, we get it. I, it's been done. It's okay. I, we're good. We got it. Now, granted, he used this over a decade ago, which was fine. But for now, I mean, let's give it a rest. MMA fighters still use it. Tomohiro Ishii was using it at one point. I can't do it anymore. I really can't. It's the hip-hop equivalent of Eye of the Tiger. Maybe because I'm not such a hip-hop head like you that I'm not as sick of it. I know what it is. Obviously, it's a huge song in the cultural you know, phenomenon of, of, of the 90s and all that stuff. I know what it is, of course, but I'm not as sick of it as you are, as I can tell right now um, i'm so sick of it i know but as far as it being a joe theme i can see where it's like okay mama said knock you out of course samoa joe known for being the, the knockout guy whether it's the kukina clutch or the muscle buster he's a rough and tumble type of guy he's gonna be aggressive okay i can see that as well but like you said it doesn't really latch onto him the same way that the champ is here really latched on to Joe as like a theme. Similar to how an, an, another body murdered wasn't really a latch on. Same here with this one with, with LL Cool J. It doesn't really have that that same feeling as the champ is here. I mean, it's still got that swagger to it, but it's not the same oomph as the champ is here. It doesn't have the same deep rootedness that Joe had with the champ is here. You know, it, it's just a different feeling entirely. This was back in the era of using bits and pieces of like a dozen different records to create kind of like a musical collage, which is a very, a very complicated form of sampling rather than just taking maybe one or two, you know, maybe taking your, the musical sample from one song and then taking your drum break from another song. This is all over the place. I mean, there's there's two Sly and the Family Stone samples. There's a James Brown, Funky Drummer, Drum Break, Chicago Gangsters. And then you have all of these other elements from other hip-hop songs. Maybe vocal samples, things like that, from like Digital Underground, Spoonie G. Cool Modi. Cool Modi, yeah. Other LL Cool J songs, Big Daddy Kane. So th there's a lot going on 
Um, so to even break down the individual samples, we, I mean, we'd be here for like eight hours because there, there's there's so much going on. And this this was that era of hip hop when they would it would be like a musical collage with all of these, you know, the the producers back then were DJs and they had such a vast musical knowledge that they just knew what songs would go well together and what drum break would fit on which bass groove and which strings you could put over that and which vocal samples. So uh, this is, we haven't encountered this too much here on the podcast, this specific era of hip hop, but it's something worth noting because it's it's a different style and it's something that we're going to see try to be emulated a little bit later on in this episode. Yeah, this style of, of hip hop, this collage, as you said, of samples, it's the same around the same time as Paul's Boutique by the Beastie Boys, yeah. which is nothing but samples. So the late 80s, early 90s, this is it. This is like the new trend. So it's not as – maybe that's why it doesn't have the same you know, feeling as the champ is here. You know? It doesn't have the same groundedness maybe because there's so many different things that it's hard to really you know, find proper root, a proper, proper base for it. You know, There's a lot going on and there's not that one particular musical cue that you can kind of latch onto and, and bang the guardrails along to like the champ is here. So that's a good point. In, in why this maybe doesn't feel as, you know, it also, it's just, it just feels like it's anyone can use this and yeah. LL Cool J, his, his status in hip hop. I'm, I'm, I'm not too, I'm a little, I'm a little weary on LL Cool J. I've never been really big into him, but he's just, he's never been a guy that's really seemed all that impressive to me. And yet he's, he's lauded as this, this legend and this, this great, I don't know. I, he's never really done it for me. When you when you have a, a lyric in here that's it says kind of like Shaft, so you could say I'm shafting. <laughs> I mean, at that point, I'm I'm just being hard on him just because I'm sick of this song. I hate it. I know. Can yeah. we can we move? I, I feel I feel so attacked by this song. <laughs> it's it's knocked you out, has it, Chris? This this song has knocked you out. <laughs> this song's mother has uh, given it some orders. Yes. So Joe, in the summer of 2005, Slammiversary. 2005 against against Sanjay Dutt, Joe arrives in TNA with an entrance theme done by, of course, Dale Oliver. It's available on Third Degree Burns, the music of TNA Wrestling Volume 1. This is Crush You Up. What do you do when you have a guy synonymous with hip-hop themes, with such a great love of the genre of hip-hop? What do you do? What is your natural inclination to do in that case? Is it to give him generic instrumental metal? Yes. That's what I, that's, see, that's what, that would be my instinct as well. Yeah. Uh, l- listen, important to note, first of all, first of all, we still have the Godzilla March. We do. It's Del Oliver's version of it, which is a slight ripoff of the thing. It's a different mix of it, but structure-wise, it's still the same basic structure of, of the Godzilla March. So I think it shows this is a new chapter in Joe's career, 
but it's still the same old Joe. He's still being presented as he was in Ring of Honor, this this ultimate badass, which he was, to be fair. He was presented like this during his first few years in TNA. Uh, he had the undefeated streak for so long. So, as far as the Godzilla March is concerned, it, it, fit, it works. It works for this one. I also like the way it incorporates the Godzilla intro into the body of the song, which is something that's never obviously been done in, in Joe's other themes. So, in that respect, I do appreciate that. I think that's the best part of this, this theme, is, is that the interpolation of the Godzilla March and how he incorporates it not only into the intro, but into the turnarounds and into the bridge. And I, I like that. And the song itself is not bad. It's just a generic metal instrumental that could be for anyone. But because you put that Joe stamp on it, mm. I, I got to give it a pass. I can't say that this doesn't work. But I'm not sure if I like... Because his personality just gels so well with hip-hop. And mm. his previous themes, they played right into his aura. So this, you know, it retains what had become a signature element of his entrance. But I think it falls short when it comes to the rest of it. Well, you have to realize, of course, like I said, Joe in TNA, he was, again, a badass like in Ring of Honor. But he was a lot, I think, meaner than Ring of Honor. He was a lot more, like, aggr- they, really, they really emphasized the whole like killer aspect of Samoa Joe here like he didn't smile he didn't wait at the crowd he came out and he just destroyed a guy and I think with you know the hip-hop you can sort of see that as like giving Joe more like a personal you know connection with the crowd I think it it gives them more of like an in to really like cheer for Joe whereas with this theme crush you up I think it emphasizes more of the dangerous you know ominous part of Joe this 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 foreboding powerful force that isn't just isn't going to be friendly. He's not going to be, you know, he won't smirk. He won't have that, you know, any humor about him. He's going to be this just aggressive, dangerous, destructive man through and through. So I think if you look at it that way, I think you would realize that it actually works for him in this context. If this was, if this was Ring of Honor and he had this theme compared to the other themes, obviously it would be very, very jarring and it would be very, very weird. But as far as this Joe is concerned, for the first few years of his TNA run where he was presented like this, I think it works. That's a good point because the hip hop makes him cool. So if the intention was to purposely make him just, oh shit, oh shit, don't, don't even don't even pay attention. The song's just in the background. Don't even pay attention to that. Yeah. Then I can see... Because the hip-hop becomes such a focal point. The songs become a focal point. Yeah. So I could see this being kind of like, we give him the intro, and then your eyes should just be glued to him, and the music should really just be there just as a garnish. In that respect, you've changed my mind. Hey, look at that. I think this works. I, I did it. Hooray, I got a gold star. And I think what helps it, too, is that, yes, it is generic metal. It does have those elements of the tribal aspect as well. But it's not frantic. No. It's a slower song, which I think adds so much to the Samoa Joe aura of him not needing to be this fast-paced, you know, crazy energy psycho psycho guy. He's going to take his time with it. He's going to walk down to the ring, take off his towel, and just go right for you and really just make you hurt. Contrast that with, you know, some crazy speed metal. 
that would not have the same vibe to it. That would not suit Joe well at all. No. So I think the fact that it's this slower song helps Joe a lot to really emphasize the monstrous part of him. And the instrumental is also very TNA. It's very mid-2000s TNA. And it's the first theme that I actually think of when I think of Joe in TNA. Same. Not my favorite one. But it's the first one that I think of. So it does bring back good memories. Now, at some point in his TNA career, Chris, during the, after those first few years, at some point, Joe changed his theme. It's still Dale Oliver, but this is a different version of the theme. We don't know if this is Crush You Up version two or if it's a different song entirely. We're going to go with option B and it has its own title. So this is called On Fire. It's important to note that this is the same exact intro as Crush You Up. Then it just cuts to a new song. It's a much faster pace than Crush You Up is. It's a different melody. There's more of like a more of like a choir vocal effect. It's kind of faint in the background there. So it's it's a different. I'll, I'll, I'll go with it being a different song entirely because it's just not the same you know melody as Crush You Up is. What do you think about it? It doesn't have the same feel, but it seems like it's a descendant of Crush You Up in some regards. But it's like we're turning down the metal, we're toning that down, and we're going to evoke a more tribal feel. And it's going to be a little bit more mysterious and almost a little bit more sinister. Mm. If it were a video game, this would be like, you know, you have now entered a new map, but it's still the same. The same world. The same world. Same, yeah. So yeah. it's, they seem like they kind of coexist and it seems, it feels like progression. It feels like there's this theme and now we're moving on to the next chapter. So here's this. So in that regard, I really like it because it retains the intro and it, it brings back the Godzilla section throughout the body of the song the way Crush You Up did. But for a character shift, the song also shifted as well. It shifted in tone. I'm not really a fan of the Godzilla march being sped up. That sounds cheesy. In the middle of the song. I think that ruins it quite a bit. I, I don't like that as well. As as a whole, though, I think it's good. I Crush You Up, to me, is the definitive Joe song of TNA. That's when I, I, I know the most. I probably I like the most. But on fire as a theme, it, it's fine as well. It's again, again, it's very you know a bit more aggressive in terms of the, the, the speed and the tribal nature, as you mentioned. Out of the intro, you get those boom, 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 boom. I like that a lot. More, more drums. You know that that's always very much uh, very noticeable there. So as it as it being a progression to a new sort of Joe, I can see it that way. Joe at this point had been in TNA for a few years. The undefeated streak had been broken at this point. He had been, you know, exhibition champion multiple times. He had the Kurt Angle feud. He had with you know, the AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels feud at this point as well. So he was on his way to becoming world champion. It was just a matter of time. So this being a progression towards a new chapter of Joe away from X Division and towards the heavyweight main event scene, I can see it making sense right there. Ultimately, though, if I had to really get down to the nitty gritty, 
Ultimately, if he kept Crush You Up, I wouldn't be mad at all. I think Crush You Up served him fine. This wasn't really a, a necessity, but otherwise, it's not that big a deal for me. If I had the option, I'd probably keep, keep Crush You Up. What about you? Well, this wasn't used for that long, so it does seem like kind of you could easily forget it. Right, So, yeah. I mean, if it were to have a bigger kind of impact and be more memorable, I would say, yeah, justify the change, but... You could have just kept Crush You Up throughout this whole time, and I don't think it would have really made uh, all that much of a difference. But I do I do appreciate the progression, as I mentioned, from Crush You Up to this. Mm-hmm. I do like that. When you have a composer who retains elements and just kind of goes on to the next chapter with a theme, I'm a big fan of stuff like that. So in that regard, I like this a lot. Uh, but yeah, it, it, either way. Now, is third TNA theme. This was in early 2009. Joe gets a new TNA theme, his first theme in TNA with vocals, which is important to note. This is off of the album Emergence, the music of TNA wrestling. This is Nation of Violence. Once again, Chris, the same Crush You Up intro, and then it changes over to the new song, which, again, I like a lot. It keeps the continuity of Joe throughout his whole TNA run, having the same intro. That So people will people will at least know that it's Joe, no matter what the song is, you know, no matter what, what match they're watching, it's, it's going to be Joe. Now, as far as the song goes, I think the beat reminds me of a couple of different themes. It reminds me of... AJ Styles WWE theme phenomenal a lot a similar rhythm to it reminds me a bit of the Rapungi Vice theme that kind of beat to it as well but a little similar to it that that kind of thing that kind of swagger to it so that kind of stuff I like it a lot like like that kind of you know beat southern style hip hop yeah kind of like a mid 2000s southern style hip hop feel to it I like that kind of style to it so I like that a lot and I'll admit to liking the chorus a lot I think those nasty gnarled vocal that's a nice of violence i think you know it's good it instills some fear in people it's supposed to be you know representative of this this new joe this nation of violence joe which we'll get to in a minute we'll talk about in a minute other than that ultimately like the nation of violence gimmick itself i kind of see it as unnecessary what are your thoughts well the nation of violence gimmick was kind of just there but This is my favorite Samoa Joe theme. Oh, okay. I can't explain why. So if you're looking for any sort of rationale here, I cannot provide that. But it just is. And despite the fact that it sounds... (laughs) It just really sounds like someone is constipated, but they still really want to say nice, encouraging things about Samoa Joe. (laughs) They still took the time to do that. And for that reason, it's always been kind of like, ha ha ha, this song is so stupid. And then the 20th play later, I like this song. And then it somehow becomes my favorite Samoa Joe theme song. And it's one that if it comes on shuffle when I'm listening to my music, I'll always listen to it because it's just, I'm an idiot. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't hate it. 
don't get me wrong. I don't hate the song. It's not, it's not bad. I'm just saying it's to me, it's not necessary. You know, for, for Samoa Joe is th- no, no. this wasn't necessary to happen. You know, the, the whole, I think the most unnecessary thing was the, the facial tattoo. Yeah. The, l- let me explain folks. <laughs> In early 2009, Samoa Joe was fighting the main event mafia and they kept getting beaten up and beaten up, beaten up. Eventually, he was a little injured. He went away for a little bit. He came back as the Nation of Violence Samoa Joe, which was his nickname. And with that, he got a shaved head and tribal face paint, new tights that emphasized his tribal nature. This was supposed to be, according to him, the quote-unquote real Samoa Joe, where he was now extra vicious. And he kept getting DQ'd a lot in his matches. You don't need that. You don't need to give Samoa Joe a new look and say, I'm the real Samoa Joe. We know who the real Samoa Joe is. The real Samoa Joe, for years, had been the guy who just showed up and beat people up and kicked their asses. No face paint, no gear that, you know, says, I'm Samoa and teehee. He doesn't need Taz as his, as his manager, which that happened. You know, he, he doesn't need any of that. That's not his thing. That could be Umaga's thing. Umaga was great at that role, but that's not Joe's thing. Uh, it, it doesn't work for him. Again, believability. I don't believe that that's Samoa Joe. I believe it's Umaga. I don't believe, though, that that's Samoa Joe. Do you remember when he was kidnapped for no reason and then they never paid that off? Do you remember when Orlando Jordan pinned Samoa Joe? That happened? That happened when Hulk Hogan took over and Bischoff on an episode of Impact Orlando Jordan pinned Samoa Joe. Are you getting it, folks? It's like, what the fuck happened to Joe? Joe's last few years in TNA were very depressing. Yeah. This was, I think, the, the start of the turn when he started doing this other stuff, this this extra stuff. It, again, it didn't need to happen. Even the lyrics of the song, I have a problem with. The, the first verse, watch him do it. They never thought he could. But deep inside... He always knew he would. What are you talking about? <laughs> watch watch him do what? If it is being TNA world champ, guess what? You're a year too late. Okay? He already won the belt in 2008. All right? If, if it is being a dominant powerhouse wrestler, you're many years too late. Okay? <laughs> of, of course we thought he could do it. He's been doing it for years. Joe is not the type of guy. To be like, you know, I never really got the chance to, to, to in this business to really prove myself. And you know, a, lot of, a lot of people really doubted I can make it. But, you know, deep down inside, I always knew that I could. Fuck that. That is such bullshit. He was undefeated for 18 months in TNA. Not to mention the fact that he was, you know, seen, he was always seen as a big deal. He always won titles. He was world champion, exhibition champion, tag champion. He was one of the most outwardly confident guys out there. It just uh, it just gets on my nerves. It just doesn't make sense for Joe. Strong words. I, I, have, I have strong feelings about this. And words words you can't take back, and that's a that's a fact. <laughs> I see what you did there. I mean, the first two lines, I enjoy them, but they really come across as like the ramblings of someone's drunk father at their graduation party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, watch them do it. Yeah, you know, they never thought he could be up there with his GED, but God, I, I, I always believed in him. <laughs> Pass me a beer, would you, sweetheart? Come on. I, I mean, I don't listen to this song for the lyrics, but... Right. 
I, but the beat is the beat is good. The beat is good. The chorus, the chorus is fun. You can pretend that it's it's nation of domination. You can you can do that. Oh yes. Ultimately, though, it's again unnecessary for Joe. That's my that's my total take on this song. Well, this is the fourth style of hip hop that Joe has used as an entrance theme. To this point, he's had rap metal at the time, modern mid two thousands hip hop and Jadakiss. An old school, early 90s hip hop with LL Cool J. And this is kind of uh, the Southern style, mid 2000s hip hop. Like we said, I do feel the old school vibe fits him better. and it, it, But it's clear that just the genre as a whole works for Joe. Yeah. So this is, while it's still unnecessary and... Iffy. Very, very, very iffy. Very iffy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's still, it does fit Joe in that sense but as you've said the nation of violence yeah not not working it was the, the beginning of the, the downward slope i think for joe for, yeah. for a long long time chris do you remember when i said that joe spent months fighting the main event mafia i i do i remember that i regret to inform you that joe eventually joined the main event mafia <laughs> tna lol tna baby and as a result he gets the main event mafia music and this is also off Emergence, the album Emergence, and it's called, quite simply, Main Event Mafia. <laughs> Opening little riff there, the da 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 kicks out the song. I believe, I'm not 100% certain, I believe it's based on the song Speak Softly Love. Right. Which was the theme for the Godfather movies. Da 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 da. Yeah. Not the wrestler, the movie, I should say. (laughs) (laughs) The main event mafia. <laughs> It'd be a little weird if fun-loving pimp, the Godfather, came out to this, you know, it'd be a little weird if that happened. <laughs> You'll come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding to light up a fatty for this pimp daddy. You know, just <laughs> be a little weird, you know. DX beats up d Brown, you know, look how they massacred my boy. You know, just <laughs> and anyway, anyway, that's what the riff is based on there. And, and listen, I will applaud it because the riff... And that little, the, the, the deep boom in the background, that boom, boom, and that, that goes underneath it, it does a good job of connecting to the mafia element of the main event mafia. You know, this, this group of guys who are powerful and have a lot of clout, and if you don't, if you don't show them respect or you stand up to them in, in any way, they're going to use their power and their force to put you in your place. I like that part a lot. Then it takes a turn into... Uh, how do I describe it, Chris? This industrial metal goop. <laughs> it's It's got these big pounding drums, some strings going on in there, these heavy metal guitars with a beat that's almost almost Duhast-like. Very. By Rammstein. Very Duhast. There are also these quote-unquote vocals, which I don't even know are vocals. They sound like indecipherable gangrel (laughs) they sound like indecipherable noise like like something out of twin peaks main event mafia the theme the group there's a lot wrong to it i think and well uh chris your thoughts on the song first of all 
I both love this theme and think it's stupid. (laughs) The first time I heard this come on, I thought that somebody's old Nokia cell phone was patched through the board or something. (laughs) Yep, yep. Because that, that stupid MIDI mandolin sound in the beginning is just, it's laughable. It's it's high comedy. (laughs) Uh, And yeah, the rest of the song is just... Goop is a very good word for this <laughs> because there's a lot going on. None of it goes together. And yet somehow I can't stop listening to it. <laughs> it's like it's like the, the Kramer painting on Seinfeld. He's a loathsome, offensive brute, yet I can't look away. That's this song. The main event mafia was a shit show. Let's yeah. There's no two ways about it. We'll get to that. We'll get to that in a couple minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think this. If the vocals weren't there, if that we we we, if that wasn't there, I think I, I like it more. And I think you know I, the music itself. I find oddly satisfying. If if those weird if that wasn't there, I think I like it a lot more. I thought there are some possibilities. I thought it could be heels being heels. Which describes the main event mafia, you could say. Uh, also, veals eat veals, which is the secret family recipe for the main event mafia's uh, famous veal parmesan, which is uh, forced cannibalism. Let them eat each other and absorbs the softness of the, of the meat. Honestly, I have no idea what the fuck they're saying. It's fucking. It's a fucking nightmare. I don't think I want to know. No, I think ignorance is bliss in this case. Yeah, I think this is an appropriate time to just mention this. J.R. Goldberg tweeted this earlier this year, and I, I mean, it's I can never think of Joe in a suit without thinking of this. He said, "Does anyone else think that Joe in a suit looks like a slightly pissed off Olive Garden manager?" <laughs> to which I say, "Yes, and thank you." <laughs> And I'll have more breadsticks. Uh, sir, uh, are you okay here? Is the service okay? <laughs> well, well, the salad is wasn't really as, as good. I thought cooking the clutch right away. Just, <laughs> just put some in the choke roll right away. <laughs> you will eat the salad. You will eat it right now. <laughs> Main event mafia was Sting, Kurt Angle, Booker T. Kevin Ash, Scott Steiner. That was the main five some at first. And then Joe, Joe, Joe joined later. The whole point of the group was them teaming up because they felt like the younger TNA guys like AJ and Joe, they were disrespectful to them and they weren't giving them their proper respect as veterans, as, you know, main eventers. And, you know, by golly, they're going to get it. So they formed a group, the main event mafia, and they went to war with the TNA frontline. And they battled for months and months and months, and they won all the titles. Of course they did. And they won a lot of matches. Of course they did. And it led up to Slammiversary in 2009. King of the Mountain match. It was Kurt Angle, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Mick Foley, and I believe Jeff Jarrett. And Foley, Foley was the champion. What happens was Joe, in a huge swerve, helps Kurt Angle win the match and win the belt. And I just, when I read that and I saw it, it just pissed me off to no end. It makes zero sense. I hate, hate, hate when state, when, you know, a group of guys are fighting each other and all of a sudden, for no reason whatsoever, a guy just switches sides. Makes no sense. They've been battling for months and months and months. And all of a sudden, Joe just goes, yep, I'm going to be made at Mafia now. Yep. Kurt gave the reason that. Joe told him, if he can't beat him, join him. Fuck that. Fuck, that is not Samoa Joe. 
Joe, Joe doesn't give up. Isn't that also why Randy Orton joined the Wyatt family? Daniel Bryan, too, probably. Oh, but that was all a ruse. Ah, uh, you see? Daniel had it off. And Randy, too. That was a ruse as well. Ah, uh, it was all... It's a whole big... Th- ah, fuck. It's so fucking annoying. It's a master plan. Yeah, this, this is why, by the way, Samoa Joe had the little downturn here. Listen, Joe is Joe. I don't blame Joe for booking decisions. The bookers are going to book. And if it sucks, it, it fucking sucks. It's going to hurt everyone. But, Jesus, man. It, it was bad. It was real rough. For a few years. TNA. The other stable that Joe joined in TNA, besides me that Mafia, was the Beatdown Clan, which was the stable that MVP formed in 2014 or so. And the version that had Joe in it was MVP, Joe, Low Key, and that preliminary fucking wrestler, Kenny King. <laughs> now, Joe was only in the group for a few months, but that was enough time for there to be a theme all about Joe and the Beatdown Clan. This is just James and MVP himself with the anthem. Like Chris is Awesome, like K.O.W. Kings, this is a hip-hop theme that references the wrestlers. Now, there are plenty of references here to discuss. You know, we have Impact, A King Like Kenny, the line, I stomps through a ghetto, like my name's Low-Key, which refers to Low-Key's ghetto stomp finisher. Joe's gonna kill you. References are plenty on this one, Chris. Because of this, I love the beatdown clan. Me too, me too, yeah. This is an example of... A theme really swaying my opinion on a group or a wrestler. This is at a period where I wasn't watching Impact, but I was just fast-forwarding through Impact, really, and just kind of seeing what was interesting. And I always watched the Beatdown Clan stuff, probably because I just like the song. Now, for me, the BDC, and I don't know if this is accurate or what they had in mind, but it felt like some sort of amalgamation of... Run DMC and Boogie Down Productions and Wu-Tang Clan and like a hip-hop Bullet Club. It, I felt at the time, especially this was when Bullet Club was really starting to get hot. Yep. And it, it felt like kind of an answer to the Bullet Club. 2014-2015, which is when, when, they, were, when they were around. Yeah, absolutely. I think there might even be a line that is a, a possible Bullet Club diss there is, in here. There is. Realist in the game, but we ain't no club. Call yourself a shooter, but no bullets in your gun. So shots fired. Hey now, eh? eh? See what you did there? Shots shots <laughs> fired. Uh, I I thought that, hey, this could be actually, this could have potential. Once Joe left, I kind of checked out of, of TNA. I, I I was fatigued at that point, and I just, ah, I don't need to watch this. There's, there's other good stuff to watch. But I, I've always really enjoyed this song. Mm. And I always appreciate a theme, as you mentioned, that directly references... 
the wrestler or the members of a group. You can't go wrong with it. And it's and to top it off, it's a good beat. Yep. And Jess James is a good rapper. I think he's pretty good. MVP, I'm not so hot on. Sorry to say. We'll get to what he has to say in a little bit, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the beats, as the kids say, are popping. I like the hook. Beat, beat down clan. Beat, beat, beat. I like that too. Uh, Jess James, like you said, a fine job. Great, good job on the first verse. The second verse, MVP does it. And he's fine. Uh, admittedly, I'm no expert on the subject of hip hoppery, but MVP, he has a little bit of flow to him. I'll, 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 I'll give them that. I will say though, that of the two, MVP has the wackier lines of the song. He does. For example, deadly combination, like a soda and some pop rocks. Say the wrong thing, and Kenny busts you in your snot box. Pop rocks. Snot box. There we go. There we go, folks. <laughs> Here's another one, and this is the cruder of the two that I have to mention. Finish with your wifey so that you can have a rest and tell your girl we're sorry about that Clinton on her dress. Well, that's just gross. Let me um, let me explain to our younger audience <laughs> oh, what no. that means. <laughs> you see, folks, back in the late 90s here in America, we had a president by the name of Bill Clinton. And he played the saxophone. He like a mean motherfucker. He was great at that. And old Bill, well, he liked to uh, <clears throat> step outside the marriage, shall we say, to a Hillary from time to time and engage in some extramarital hanky-panky, if you will, with other ladies, one of whom went by the name of Monica Lewinsky. Long story short, uh, Clinton unleashed the Kraken, so to speak, onto uh, Monica's blue dress during one of their sessions. And of course, it left a stain, a stain which was not dry cleaned at all. And it was actually brought up as evidence in the investigation into Clinton, which almost cost Bill Clinton the presidency. So I guess if we're taking it literally here, what MVP is trying to say is that he, low-key, Samoa Joe, and that preliminary fucking wrestler Kenny King took turns leaving their DNA onto a woman's dress. Good God, MVP, you filthy boy, you. Come on, man, have some class. Is this the first lyrical reference to Splooge that we have ever encountered here? You know, probably in one of those hip-hop themes, maybe we, we missed one of those. I'm sure we did. As far as a wrestling theme goes, maybe. Certainly what the first about Clinton and what he did. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know why MVP chose to go with this reference, since this was, you know, 20 years ago at that point. But Jesus Christ, man. That's a reference. Maybe that's something that he uses in his daily life. Oh, yeah, I I, I Clinton that. <laughs> I, I hope to God not. I hope not. That's <laughs> awful and really stupid, actually. But yeah, what, can you- what can you do? MVP, not the best rapper. I You know, I think I don't like his voice, which kind of colors my opinion of him in general. But lyrically, he's also nothing special. Hmm. He Clinton this track. <laughs> Overall, though, it's still good, right? I like this theme. I like it a lot. I think the other parts save it. It's a bopping tune. So that was the last of Joe's TNA themes we'll be discussing here. He left TNA in 2015, and for a few months anyway, he made a big return to Ring of Honor. Now, since this is a new era of Ring of Honor, he doesn't get, unfortunately, the classic hip-hop themes that he used a decade earlier. No Faith No More Buya Tribe, no Jada Kiss, no LL Cool J. 
Instead, he gets a new theme by Adam Gubman from the album Throwdown, Intense Drama Challenge Triumph, which is part of the Warner Chapel Musical Library. The song is called Tap Out. Now, before we say anything about the song, I think it's important to understand the context of when Joe used the song. That's something that it's always good to take note of, definitely. When Joe came back to ROH for that brief run in 2015, it was a whole new landscape, a whole new leadership, a whole new thought process about music and fees and licensing. So it, it couldn't be 2003 04, 05 again, he couldn't use those classic themes anymore. He had to use a new theme, one that comes from, in this case, a production library, one that ROH can afford to license, which, you know, unfortunately, nowadays, that's the way it goes in ROH and other promotions. And it sucks when guys are forced to change their themes due to those issues. It's okay to be angry about that, you know, changing songs. People get angry about themes changing all the time. We did, we did this episode, you know? But I also think that you shouldn't let the anger of the theme song being changed take control of your opinion of the new theme. Know what I mean? Like, you, sh- you shouldn't automatically think that the new song sucks because it's not the old one. If you honestly think it's a good song, say so. That's perfectly fine. If you're angry that it's not the old one, that's fine too. You'll get used to it. You can share those two opinions just fine. Exactly. You, you, you get used to it. Exactly. What do you think about that kind of stuff, Chris? What, what I just said? Well, you're absolutely right. People in general are just so resistant to change. Anytime something that they're so used to that's easy for them, that they're comfortable with changes, it's a big shift. Anytime the layout of Twitter changes, people get into a big uproar and talk about it for the rest of the day. But guess what? You get used to it. And the same thing with the theme. Now, if the theme sucks, it sucks. And I have to say... This is not meant to be wrestling entrance music, this particular song. This was not created with that intention, and it probably should never have been used with that intention. Maybe in a video package, yes, but this is DVD menu music, and it says nothing about Samoa Joe. It feels nothing like anything we've heard for Samoa Joe, and for that fact, I feel nothing towards it. And I understand that Joe's return to Ring of Honor was so brief that it's not like they're going to commission original music for him yeah, for yeah. a three-month run. They, they, they don't even do that for ROH regulars. But still, they could have easily picked something more appropriate from... I have access to the Warner Chapel Library from one of my jobs. It is big. There is a lot in there. Yeah. yeah. I could go on there and find five songs that would have fit Joe more than this. Just because it's from a production library doesn't mean it's going to suck every time. You can, you know, have... Look at Rockhouse. Yeah. Example one. Prime example. NWO theme, Rockhouse. That is a production library song, but it works for them so well. Maybe part of that... A slight part of that is because that was the first NWO theme. 
And we didn't have a contrast between the hip hop themes with Joe and, you know, the new theme here. With NWO, it was the, it was the first one. It, it became synonymous with that theme. But with Joe here having this theme, which is a very different energy to it, a very, you know, not hip hop at all. It, it's very much, much more rock metal oriented. It's, it's not going to work. It's not going to fit him. It just, it's a downer. It is a downer. It's not bad. It's just, again, doesn't fit him at all. Yeah. It's very uninspiring. Yeah. Especially before a match. Yeah. Before Samoa Joe, ROH, a, such a brief run and you'd want it to be special, but it, it takes a little bit of the air out of it. Yeah. The magic isn't there anymore. Right. The magic of boom, 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 boom. The champ is it. It's not there anymore, unfortunately. But uh, listen, these are the times. You know, this is the, the era of production music and dub themes and, you know, all this stuff being replaced and, and muted. But, you know, it's it's what it is. Now, there's also the a different version, which has an intro called the Battle Fatigue intro. Ooh. Yeah, we'll play a little bit right here. Now, essentially, it, it, nothing fancy here. It accentuates, I think, the Samoan heritage a bit more with the tribal drumming. That's it, really. It, it doesn't really add much to it. In fact, it just makes me angrier. <laughs> the only thing I can see it being with Joe is the title, Tap Out. Sure. Which, I mean, it's Joe. He taps people out. But other than that, nothing about it with Joe. I will say, though, that the album that it's a part of, Throwdown, Intense Drama Challenge Triumph, sounds like the name of a Michinoku Pro match. <laughs> On a, on, a, on a These Days show, probably, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, Joe, like we said, was in Ring of Honor for a few months before he ended up where he is now in WWE. He debuted at NXT TakeOver Unstoppable in May 2015. His first theme by CFOs is called Taking It Back. Okay, let's talk. <laughs> one of the one of the one of the all time great. I see. I mean, when we started I, the, when we started this podcast, Andrew. I mean, I didn't know if we'd get to this, but listen, just one of the best. Ugh. Let's listen. Iconic. I love the intro. <laughs> one of my favorite intros today. Just emphasizes really the the monstrous part of Joe, the behemoth. You've got the take on the. Godzilla march again, that, oh, ha, oh, ha, da, 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 yeah, the tribal chants going. I like that a lot. And you would think it would be corny, but I think it, for the show, it, it works. They work well together, those two elements. And then we get the rest of the song, which sounds like the option menu music for an NBA street video game. <laughs> I understand it. <laughs> if you, I understand if you want to give Joe a hip-hop-like theme, that's fine. We've seen it plenty of times before. But don't give him this. Joe needs aggressive, hard-edged hip-hop and rap, not just record scratches and horns. It does not work for Joe at all. I know what they were going for here, but it did not work. Safe to say. 
They wanted to recapture that old school vibe of Mama Said Knock You Out. I mean, it's it's pretty easy to draw that comparison and maybe mix in with a little bit of like a Tribe Called Quest, stuff like that. I know the vibe that they were trying to go for. I can see it. I just the it just doesn't work. Yeah. The results of, of, of that was it's the background music from an iPod commercial from 2004. That's what it, you know, or as you said, an NBA Street video game. I remember this taking all the wind out of his debut for me. Yeah, exactly. I was still hyped, but only in between my snide remarks about the shit theme that he was walking out to. And he, he, he looked disappointed. Yeah, I mentioned that with Krista Vambrino on the Nakamura episode. When Nakamura debuted, there was that kind of anticipation. You know, what's this music going to be like? What's this music going to be like? When he came out to his theme, it was amazing. Everything turned out great. That's not true here for Joe, unfortunately. Joe, who from day one in NXT, was billed as being this huge deal. And to see him debut at TakeOver with this, it's a letdown. It's, It's not living up to the hype of Samoa Joe. And as well, it's such a jarring effect to go from one extreme to the other. You can't have the big epic intro that da 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 with the oh ha oh ha. You can't go from that, which is epic and awesome and foreboding and ominous, into they don't go together at all, at all. No, it does not work. It's too jarring. With transition. I mean, I applaud them for trying to incorporate Simon Says and trying to incorporate Mama Said Knock You Out and take that to heart because Joe talks about this in an appearance on Chris Jericho's podcast that he didn't like this theme at all, but this is kind of what he gave them. This is the direction that he gave when Triple H asked him, oh, what do you listen to? And he gave them some of his prior themes and listed some songs. So under that direction, I could see why they would go with this and do this, but it, oh, it just doesn't work. Yeah, it, it fell flat. Absolutely. It's it's not it's not it's not a bad song. It's not exactly. It's not bad. I'll say this for Joe. His themes, most of them, we can say they're not bad songs at all. No. They just the ones that don't work just don't work for him. That's it. That's 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 the point here. Yeah. Or they're unnecessary. This actually does have some really cool bass playing. Yeah. I mean, it's not bad. You could this type of song is all over advertising. But it's not a wrestling entrance theme, or at least not for Samoa Joe. I mean, tons of funk could have used this. Yeah. But not Samoa Joe. Yeah, if there's an NXT tag team called the Street Profits oh, yeah, right yeah, now. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I can see this working for them as well. Absolutely, because it's got that kind of street vibe to it. But yeah, Joe needs the harder edge stuff to really fit him. Luckily, we wouldn't have this theme for long, though, Chris. No. We get to our final theme of the episode. This is Joe's second and proper NXT theme, and his theme right now in WWE proper, the main roster scene. Also by CFOs, this is Destroyer.
Ah, yes, Destroyer. The Evil Dead 2 of Samoa Joe themes. Where the first one, it didn't really happen, now did it? <laughs> we'll just forget that one ever happened, shall we? This is the best. Just light years ahead of taking it back. And definitely on the high end of the Samoa Joe theme spectrum. Dare I say, this is one of my favorite Joe themes of all time. I know the Ring of Honor ones are classics, I understand that, but that type of music isn't really my style. This one though, I love it so much, so much. I agree. This might be my second or third favorite Joe theme. And they they nailed it. This is, this, the, the second time was the charm here because it has that old school boom bap hip hop vibe right down to the drum samples they used. Very authentic. Yep. And then they also managed to recall the Godzilla march from Simon Says yep. in a way that doesn't actually just rip it off, but they made it their own. And the roar too. Can't forget that. It's got that Godzilla roar too, which just adds that level of like awesomeness to it. And it sounds monstrous. And it's, yeah. it's perfect for the way this theme in the way that others weren't. This is perfect for the way that Joe walks to the ring, especially when he has kind of a, like a bop in his step. Yeah, like I said, the swagger yeah. of Samoa Joe. With taking it back, with tap out, it's not there. With this song, though, it is. Bum, 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 bum. That is such a, a swagger to the beat. And really, the groove is just so, like you said, so deep into Simon Says by Pharaoh Monch. The, the horns and just it's all just what joe should be joe should be this this is what joe is the godzilla theme the beat the swagger this is samoa joe to a t it is and the only way i could see it being better is if it had some vocals on it but maybe maybe not even I don't know if that would be weird. I feel like it works so well right now. Yeah. And uh, I would like to hear it with some vocals in the vein of Cassius Ono's new theme, which is great. But this on its own, and as it is, it's great. It's th- if, if Joe uses this for the rest of his career, then it'll be... Damn fine, yep. It, 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 d- damn fine, it's great. Yeah. This is one of the better CFO's themes, I think, that you're going to come across. Absolutely, and, you know, Joe, a guy who, you know, he hasn't had the perfect career. He's had long stretches where he was on top and one of the best in the world. He's had some down periods as well, and which, you know, I can't blame him for, obviously. Booking is booking, as I said. But when he's motivated... When he's on point, when he's got his sights set on the prize, like he's been the past few months here in WWE on Raw, everything clicks. And he's just the best, and he's awesome in the ring, on the mic, all of it. So when he's on top, when the music's clicking, when he's got the right theme, the right motivation, the right the right momentum to him, he is unstoppable. And, you know, fingers crossed with Joe here, uh, as long as Joe has his attention on him in WWE, as long as he's in this main event scene, mixing it up with, you know, uh, Braun or Lesnar or Reigns or Cena even, we'll be seeing a lot more of this supreme ultimate Joe in the months to come, which we all love so much. They never thought he could, but deep inside he always knew he would. Oh, you had to bring it up, didn't you? You had to bring it up. We were we were past it, goddamn it. We were we were past it. I'm never past the nation of violence. I live in the nation of violence. Literally. Hey now. Ooh, political. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> your closing thoughts on Samoa Joe, Chris. I like Samoa Joe a lot. I think he's a good man with good themes. 
music is a big part of his life. You get that sense if you followed him on social media for any length of time and you've ever listened to any interview. I appreciate that in a wrestler, someone who's very in tune with music and, and understands its importance in wrestling. Beyond all that, I just think he's all, I, I think he's just a really, he has everything that you, I think, can look for tangibly in a wrestler Yep, and say, this guy is, this guy is pro wrestling. I believe that to be true. I really like Samojo. I, I hope his company does not hinder him in the ways that he's been hindered in the past because he's capable of so much more and I sincerely hope that he achieves that. Let him do his thing. Let him do his thing. Don't get in his way. Just let him be Samoa Joe. And that does it for this episode of Music of the Mat. Thank you as always for listening. This podcast is part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. If you want past episodes of the podcast or other podcasts, head on over to VoicesOfWrestling.com. Follow the show on Twitter at Music of the Mat or follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. Check out the VOW forums at VoicesOfWrestling.com slash forums. And as always, make sure you give us a nice rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Actually, Chris, we just got onto iTunes as a separate feed. Yes. So if you want to listen to our podcast on its own, you can do that now. Just in iTunes, you know, in the music store, search for Music of the Mat. It's there. Hit subscribe and you'll, you'll get it. So that's a big deal. It is, very much. But but I mean, why would you do that when there are so many other great podcasts that this network has to offer? Open the Voice Gate, Burning Spirits, Lucha the Hidden Temple, Wrestling Omakaze, the, the list goes on. Listen to those, listen to ours, listen to all of them. The option is there, though, if you so choose. That's what we're saying here. Yes. Chris, since this is your big return to the podcast, I will let you introduce our next episode, preview it, episode 17, what is coming up. Well, next time we're going to be doing something a little bit different, something that we haven't done before. We've done singles wrestlers, we've done tag teams, we've done factions, we've done different types of music. This time we're going to be focusing on a show, a TV show. Yep. A wrestling TV show that you may be familiar with named SmackDown that used to air on Thursdays and then Fridays and now Tuesdays. Tuesdays, yes. And... It's an okay show, I guess, but I don't watch it anymore, but (laughs) it still has a theme song and it had a bunch of theme songs and we're going to talk about all of them because there's quite a bit more than I realized, in fact. Yep. We're going to go through the entire history of SmackDown's themes starting all the way back in 1999, all the way forward from UPN through, you know, uh, Sci-Fi and USA and Mighty, all the networks, all the channels, all the days, all the times live, taped, whatever, all the SmackDown themes will be up for discussion. It's going to be a lot of fun to look back on not just a wrestler, but an actual TV show and how each you know era of a SmackDown was sort of, you know, what that looked like with each theme. Chris, thanks so much for being back, man. I, I so appreciate you, you know, just coming back and just, I know you're a little worried about the rust beforehand. I got to say, man, you were top notch today. Oh, thank Absolutely you. Absolutely top notch. Yeah. If I may, <laughs> you still got it. <laughs> oh no. You still got it. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Well, for Chris Maffei, I'm Andrew Rich. We will see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. Music of the Mad is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders. It's, I mean, it felt like, uh, like putting on an old 
bloody glove, so to speak. Mm. I don't know why I just brought up O.J. Simpson, but I did. But it did fit. It, it did it fit. It did fit, though. And and I was not acquitted. You were currently in jail. I, yes, you were currently in jail for, for life, for the murder of two people. But I'll still do the podcast. Absolutely. A little, uh, we'll do it from your cell. Do it from the cell. Hopefully your roommate doesn't like noises. Hopefully. I'll, I'll just have to... Uh, I'll, I'll have to Clinton. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> cut this part out, God. This is nasty. I, I've definitely, I'm definitely right. cutting this part out. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.